Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. So, on this uh, graphic, on this side, it says back where it all began. And, um, you know, that's one of these, the statements or the definitions of, of like old school. And, and I want to not necessarily focus so much on back where it all began, but to f- really focus on what happened in us and how we were back when it all began, if I can. And I would submit that for most of us, if not all of us, that back whenever we came, when I say back when it all began, I'm not saying like when you were born, I'm saying when you were born again. Okay, back when you came to know Christ for the first time, back when you first gave your life to him and allowed him to be Lord and Savior of your life, back in those first moments, if you will, of life, you know, when everything was just opened up and there was like this childlike faith and this fresh faith and this bold faith, and it wasn't dulled or are, are like jaded. When your faith wasn't, and I take this how I mean it, not how it maybe sounds, but when, it, when your faith wasn't stale, you know, I'm not saying it is now, but I'm saying when we first come to know Christ, when we first come into this relationship with Him, there's like this vibrancy and this expectation and this excitement and this boldness and this freshness, you know? It's like no matter how hard you try to keep bread fresh, it goes stale, right? You got to get new bread. You can't keep the same faith. You can't keep the same bread. You can't keep the same faith. You got to renew it. It's got to be renewed. And so I'm thinking like, God, how much are we allowing ourselves to just live off that old stuff? I want the new stuff to be like the old stuff when it was new, when it was fresh, when it was exciting, when it was bold and I can risk everything because it didn't matter what anybody else said. Are we being risk takers? You know, there's a, a quote, and uh, funny enough, or you may think it's funny, but it's Matthew McConaughey, and, uh, and it's not, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's not that one. But he said, less impressed, more involved. And that kind of stuck with me, and I was thinking about that, how too many times we, as we're growing and going along in our lives, we become more impressed and less involved. We become more impressed with ourselves, more impressed with what we've accomplished, more impressed with what we have, all these things. And, and in this statement, I was just like, wow, I, I need to be less impressed with where I'm at. I need to be less impressed with what I've accomplished. I need to be less impressed with 
who I am and where I am in this moment and more involved, you know? And he probably didn't know he was going to be speaking to me and, and like bringing something out, but it did. And I'm like, man, how much do we impress ourselves? And really, the more that, that we get impressed with ourselves, the less we're willing to risk for something new. There's a choice that lies before us. It's waste our lives or risk it. See, you know, we, we want to, to do something in between, you know? Like, I just want to live my life and have what I have and, you know, live a nice, comfortable little life. But really, the choice is to waste or to risk, because if you're not risking, you're not really moving forward. You're not stepping out into new things. I mean, you might be moving forward a little bit, but it's really when you know exactly what's going to happen. And really, is that moving forward? Most of us play it safe and pursue comfort. We have to choose whether we're going to sit on the sidelines or get in the game. I'm not really a sports analogy guy, but, you know, it, it's, it takes risk to get into the game. You know, I can sit on the sidelines. I can watch what's happening all around me, watch this stuff that's going on, and get real excited for other people. But unless I get in the game, I'm not going to be a part of what is being created or what is happening. Am I going to get in the game or am I just going to sit on the sideline and watch somebody else do it? So let's begin with a definition. Risk is a venture undertaken without regard to possible loss or injury. A venture undertaken without regard to possible loss or injury. And it reminds me... Um, you know, I've started playing with Pastor Matt and some other uh, middle-aged guys. Uh, started playing soccer, and uh, the wives have uh, come to call us the knee braces. Uh, it's not our name for our indoor soccer team, but they're like, we got a new name. Even if it's a nickname, it's the knee braces, because most of us out there have a knee brace on. You know, but uh, <laughs> but are we going to step out and get in there and do it? Or are we going to say, man, I, I really would like to do something like that. I used to do something like that. Whenever I was younger, I played soccer, you know, and it's what, <laughs> I played soccer. I never indoor soccer, but you know, outdoor, bigger field. And I'm like, this is indoor. You know, small field, small goals. You know, it's, you, you don't have to run that far. Let me tell you, <laughs> indoor soccer is way more intense than outdoor. And you should see us playing this game because you get out there and it feels like you're not even out there, and then you're like, sup? 
You run out and you go, I'm out. If I don't come out, I'm going to pass out. But are we willing to get in the game? Are we willing to step out and do that thing? See, God hasn't called us to just live a life of mediocrity and, and to live a life just playing it safe or doing nothing. He's called us. He's created us to do things, to do great things. Not every risk is right. You know, Jesus even told uh, people to flee from a town. Just get out of here. Paul fled in the basket. You know, there's sometimes, and I'm not talking about that kind of, like when God is saying, this is not right for you. You need to flee. You know, you need to get out of this space. I'm not saying just keep and that's what we tend to do. It's like, I'm going to, okay, yeah, I'm going to risk. And then you're just, just blasting through, and you don't even know where God is. You're like, I'm just going. But what I'm saying is God has called each and every one of us to a place of risk, to stepping out beyond where we are, to stepping out into some sort of an unknown for us. It's not unknown for Him. It's not that He doesn't know but it's that we, we may not know. In Acts 21, verse 10, so when we talk about this, this is, you know, if you talk about who's probably the biggest risk, risk taker in the Bible or in the New Testament, let's say the New Testament, and it's probably Paul. And he was on his way to uh, Jerusalem and uh, <clears throat> he was bound by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. The Spirit of God told him. And now when you think about Paul's life, it's in, in really the past probably just year or two of his life, being bound by the Holy Spirit was stepping out in risk to go to Jerusalem because he had already come into lots of persecution and lots of different stuff really in every city that he'd been in. But in Acts 21, verse 10, it says, and as we stayed many days, a certain man or a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So this prophet comes and takes off Paul's belt, and hopefully his pants, actually he probably wasn't wearing pants, so it's probably good, but hopefully his pants didn't fall down. Anyways, that was a joke. And symbolically, he, he takes his belt and wraps his hands and feet up, and he's saying, listen, the man who owns this belt is going to be bound up this way when he goes into Jerusalem. This is your belt, and this is what they are going to do with you. And you know what I would have done? I would have posted that belt on Craigslist. I would have sold that thing. It's like, well, it's not me. I don't own the belt. No. But those that were with him, they begged him. They said, listen, just don't go. 
don't continue on to Jerusalem because you know now even what is going to happen. It's not even as much of an unknown risk. It's a risk because now you know this is, God has spoken it to you and now it's going to happen. And then in Acts 21, verse 13, it says, Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. That's risk. That's stepping out into the unknown or the known. At this point, it's the known. But he says, if I perish, I perish. If I die, fine. If I get jailed, if I get locked up, fine. But I am going to do what God has called me to do. Because remember, he was bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. See, this is interesting now, this dilemma that we have, where the Spirit of God is, is compelling him to go, and the Spirit of God is also telling him that all this bad stuff is going to happen when he goes there. And to me, I almost feel like it's, it's like a test. It's like, not even like you're going to step into this place and you're going to think like, maybe it's all going to be good. It's all going to work out. Things will be fine. No, now it's, I'm going to have you step into the place knowing that it won't be all good. Knowing that there will be struggle. And God never told us that there wouldn't be struggle. And really, Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered persecution and pain. How could we think that we could walk through life not coming into those places, but God will call us, and He will provide, and He will be with us. Would He be killed? Maybe. Would He be kept in prison the rest of His life? Maybe. But He said, I'm going. I'm going. It does not matter what happens to me right here Right now, I can't help but go. I will risk everything that I have, my life, everything for what God's called me to do. Are we willing to risk? Are we willing to step out? Are we willing to look crazy? What's the next step? In Acts 20, verse 22, it says, And see, now I go bound by the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. This is him talking about being bound by the Holy Spirit to go. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulation await me, but none of these things move me. I know that there's going to be trials. I know that there'll be persecution. I know that there'll be stuff 
that I don't want to go through in these places that the Spirit of God has bound me to go through, that He's asked me to step into. I know there won't be good things, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Remember that quote? Less impressed, more involved. I think in this scripture, this is what he's saying. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. I'm not so impressed with myself. I'm, no, I'm not so impressed with who I, who I am or what I could do. What I want to do is just be involved with what God's doing. He says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. See, that's a, this is a dilemma. It's like we think that the joy is going to come when we get away from the hard stuff. The joy is going to come whenever things get easy. But he's saying, no. I'm going to finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He realized something, that what would give him joy, what would give him all the things that, that he needed in his life was not what he could accomplish or what he could do or how he could protect himself, but Accomplishing what God had set him out to do. Stepping out no matter what the risk to doing what God had asked him to do. To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I mean, at this point, he didn't even almost have to take a risk again, like I said, because he knew what was going to happen. He didn't know what form it would take or how severe it would be. But he knew that whatever city he was going to go to, that there would be persecution. But I think about, you know, think about old school or thinking about the beginnings. And I think about kids. And of course, the Bible talks about childlike faith. And childlike faith, what is that? A child can have faith not knowing all of the details and the background, but they have faith in, let's say, their parent, their father, their mother, because they know that they will be taken care of, but they can't figure out all the stuff in between. They're just not old enough to do that, but they can have faith knowing that they will be taken care of. When God says, have childlike faith, can you have that faith? Can you stand up and say, I'll risk, because the risk is the uncertainty, the not knowing what will happen, but step out in this childlike faith, not having to have all the, the details nailed down and to know all the circumstances and what exactly will happen. Can you step out in that way? And I even think about teenagers. I'm gonna call, I'll say myself, you know, but I know this is all teenagers. But when you're a teenager, you start to know things. You know, you got, you got some of the, 
the details. You know, kind of know how things work. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't know everything as a teenager. I'm not going to say that. You don't. But the thing is, is you do it anyway. At least that's how I was and how I think a lot of teenagers are. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's risk involved, but isn't that exciting? You know, I want to do something just because it's a little crazy. And I, some adults are like that too. But, but more as a teenager, you're just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to do it. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I don't want to put it off. And can we be even in that, in that way as, as like a teenager? It doesn't say this in the Bible, but have teenager faith, you know? Just like do it anyway. <laughs> just do it even though you do know a little of what's going to happen. But can we step out in that risk? What kinds of risks are we talking about? Maybe it's a risk in a relationship. Maybe God's speaking to you or has spoken to you a while back about talking to somebody about something that's not necessarily going to go that well, whether it's how they're living, about what they're doing, how they're acting. But are we willing to risk a relationship to do what God has asked us to do? Now, the Bible also tells us to speak the truth in love, and I always say that because we get to a place many times as Christians, and I see it a lot, where we speak the truth sometimes, or a lot of times, but it's not in love, right? Speak the truth in love. But maybe God's asking you, or maybe it's your husband or your wife, and you have to say something, and, and, and it's not going to go well. Maybe it's a brother or sister, or maybe it's your friend or your coworker, and God's been asking you to step out and say something about who he is to them, and you're just scared. What if they think differently of me? What if I come out and say, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? He loves you. He created you. Maybe it's the, that they need prayer. Something's going on. And, and God's saying, hey, they could really use your prayer right now. And I could do something in their life, but you've never done that. you just like, I just don't know if I can step out in there. Are we willing to risk? To step into the unknown? To see what God does? Maybe in a relationship. Maybe it's money. Whether you have money or a lot of it or you don't, it doesn't really matter whenever I'm talking what I'm talking about. But the risk is still there. It might be on a different scale, but the risk is still there. Are we willing to trust God with our finances? Are we willing to, to 
follow him when he says, hey, I want you to bless this person. I want you to give them something. But I worked hard for that. And maybe, I mean, sometimes, look, (laughs) I've had moments like this. And sometimes it's like, but, and they haven't worked at all, you know? I mean, they're just sitting around. But sometimes when God asks us to do something, it's not as much for, I mean, it is for that person, whether they've been working hard or they haven't been working at all. But a lot, a lot of times it's something for us too. Are you willing to, to listen when I'm asking you to give something? But when we take this word risk and put it on that too, the word risk means there's uncertainty and, and something unknown that and it might be, it could, it could hurt us. Are we willing to do something big when he asks us to? In Luke 21, verse 1, this is verse 1 through 4, it says, And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor uh, widow putting in two mites, just a couple of pennies. There were wealthy people there, and they were putting in lots of money. But there was a widow, and she was just putting in a couple of pennies. And he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all, not just one of those rich people, but all of these out of their abundance have put in the offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. Like why why was Jesus so excited about about this this poor widow that gave her two mites? And the thing is, is it wasn't about the two little mites. It was about her heart. It was about what she gave, not physically, but from herself. Right? Because there's people that gave lots and lots of money and they were just pouring it in, right? It was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, hey, there you go. You gave a bunch of money. Woohoo! But Jesus said, look at this. This lady here, and she might have just dropped in like two pennies into this offering. And it may seem like that's nothing at all to certain people, but really she's giving everything that she had. Think about that. I mean, somebody... If somebody gives $100,000, that's amazing. That's great. But they're a billionaire. And that's like one penny to them. This lady, all she has is two pennies. She gave both of them. That's like a billion dollars to her. She didn't just give a percentage. She just gave everything that she had. In order for her or for the billionaire to give the same amount, he'd just have to give the billion dollars. And what Jesus is speaking to us is, are we willing to risk? Are we willing to step out? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, I got, you know. And there's like change that falls out of the bottom, you know. Like, there you go. 
I'll, I'll give that to the guy that's on the street that's asking for money. And again, that's whether they're homeless or they're not. The point is, 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 is God asking you to do it? And in that moment, are we just like dumping out the little coin cup that we have? Or maybe there's a $20 bill or a $50 bill in our wallet. And I think God is just asking us to check our heart and saying, will you risk? When I ask you, will you not just play it safe? Will you not just give you know, the quarter that's, that's on your floorboard, but will you give him something that means something, not just to him, but means something to you? And in order for that to happen, we have to step out and risk. Matthew 6, 20 says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We've all heard this scripture, and, and, and I, I just want really today just to say, I want my treasure. He's saying, store up treasures in heaven. That doesn't mean we have to live in poverty here on earth. But where is our heart storing treasure? Right? Because the Bible also says, where your checks are written mostly to is probably where your heart is. That's not how it said it, but it's kind of how it said it. You go through your checkbook, and checks are written out to all the stuff that you get to have and get to play with, that's probably where your heart is. Are we willing to risk to witness to those around us, to speak of who God is, telling people, telling people about Jesus' risky business? I would say, well, I mean, I can't even say these days. And really, for us in the States, it's way less, risk, less risky than it is for most people around the world. But are we willing to risk feeling criticized? Are we willing to step out into the uncertainty and maybe be persecuted, or it's really not going to be so much persecuted here in the States, but it might be to be criticized. It might be to be shunned or to, to be maybe unliked by those people that you had been liked by. Are we willing to step out and do that? In Luke 21, verse 12, it says, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. No matter what happens, it will turn out. See, the risk might be that our feelings get hurt, 
But no matter what happens, and I love this scripture, it says, no matter what happens to you, it will turn out to be a testimony of how good God is and what he's done in your life and how he's brought you through. Can we hold on to that? It's a testimony of the goodness of God because no matter what I go through, he's got me and he's taking care of me. And how can we do this? Why and how? In Romans 8, 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, it wasn't a risk for Christ to come and die on the cross for us because God knew what was going to happen. It was his plan. But the point is, is that how could I not step out in faith? How could I not do something big for the God who had given everything for me, for you? How could we not step out and do something, even though there's unknown. How could I not share what he's done for me with somebody, even though they may not like me afterwards? How could I not give of what he's given to me? Whether that's financially or blessings, the you know the goodness, the love that he's given me, how can I not share that with others when he's done so much, when he's done so much for us? And he so freely gave us all things. Later in chapter 8, it says, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then in 837, It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, you got to take and understand that, that this earthly body, these natural things that we go through really don't mean anything. That's what he's saying. It's like we can be killed, slaughtered arrested, locked up for the rest of our lives, but they mean nothing. Yet in all these things, no matter what happens, I can be more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror through Him who loved us. In Romans 8, 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth... He is really getting into the details. And I think that, that he's, he's trying to make a point to us. Because too many times we feel like, well, this happened in my life. Or, well, I did this. And it's brought this separation. I don't, God can't get to me. 
I'm going to say it again. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created, nor any other created thing, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. What can cause him to not find us and his love to not find us and come wrap his loving arms around us? Nothing. Not height, not, not depth, not, nor created thing. There's nothing. Nothing can separate us. How can we be conquerors? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. How can I be a conqueror even whenever I step out and it feels like everything's against me? Because the love of God is all you need and He is all you need. And nothing in this world, maybe we can acquire things and have a good life, but nothing in this world matters for eternity. What matters is the love that He has for us in the relationship that we can have with Him. And when we understand that and think about where it all began, you know, and some of us, like myself, not all of us, I know not all of us were raised in church, but I was raised in church, but there was a point. There was a point in my life that I came from not just knowing about God and knowing Him and kind of just like living that life to where I really stepped out and understood what He did for me. So whether that's the moment that you came to know Him for the first time or you grew up in church and there was a moment that all of a sudden everything became alive in you. That's where it all began. And remember what it felt like at that moment. Remember how you're like, oh my God, did you know who Jesus is? I just came into a relationship. And you're just like, and you're like, who are you talking to? Everybody. Well, what, what, what if they don't, you know, like what you're saying? I don't care. Why would I care? I got Jesus. Remember that moment, and, let's, and that's what this is about. What we're talking about, this whole old school thing is like, can we remember that moment? Not focus on the moment, or not just like, oh, I want to relive the moment, but I want that moment, the way that I was, who I was, how I acted, how bold I was, and the risks that I took, I want right now. I want to live that way right now. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.